This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. for joining me for the Dunedin Yoga Lady. This is a show that we talk about yoga, sometimes in a very specific, detailed way and other times in a more general way, diving into philosophy, also the practicalities of how to practice and when to practice. So you are joining Kate, Kate Bendel. I've been a yoga teacher for 25 years and a practitioner for 35 years and pretty much live and breathe yoga. So this morning I am going to talk about breath and in a way to answer two specific questions that I've recently received. One was, why is it important to do asana practice with breathing? So asana practice is the the postures, the the things we see, the positions we see people taking up in yoga. So why is it important to do that with the breathing rather than just do the breathing, which is there is a part of yoga that is just breathing. It's called pranayama. But in the tradition I come from, Generally speaking, you're going to do some asana with breath before you sit down to do just pranayama. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit today and also see if I can help explain why it is important to synchronize the movements with the breath. That's a really fundamental part of an effective yoga practice. Um, So I want to see if I can explain that in a way that makes sense and might even give some of you who are listening who already practice yoga and may not have come across this idea give you enough information that you could actually start implementing it yourself Um, so before we begin this morning everything I share really around journey at yoga has come to me through the lineage of Vinaya Yoga, that's the lineage of Krishnamacharya, and I still have current teachers in that lineage and owe a great deal of respect to the information. It's traditional yoga. Um, so I'm just going to do a very, very brief little chant just to honour the teachers of this lineage and recognise really this isn't my information. I haven't made this up. I'm not some clever cog that has bought some new system of yoga. I'm simply passing on what I have been taught. Shri Guru Pyo Namaha Harihi So as we go into talking about the breath, 
within yoga, even, there are different traditions see and view this in different ways. So if you are already practicing with a particular lineage or tradition, and I say something that contradicts what you already know, that is how it is in the world of yoga, which uh, sometimes can be confusing for people who are just starting out and are maybe hearing different things from different people. I am going to talk about what I know and what I practice and also partly the reason I feel quite motivated to do that is because when I learnt more about the breath, that was a long way into my yoga journey and it profoundly changed my practice and my understanding of yoga. I had been practicing probably nearly 20 years like I started yoga early in my 20s and I'd been practicing for 20 years without much guidance or emphasis on the breath I'd been practicing a few different traditions and you know I was taking it very seriously and was a very devoted practitioner yet the breath was not a big feature of what I'd been taught up until that point. And then I had the fortune of coming across a teacher who was from this Krishnamacharya teaching background. And it's like he opened a whole whole new world to me uh, from understanding the place of breath in yoga. Um, So, yeah, just wanted to disclose that sometimes it's a little confusing And also sometimes just have an open mind. If I'm saying something different, maybe just be curious. Maybe there's something in it for you. So I just want to talk very briefly about breathing and a very brief anatomy lesson about breathing. So just a little thing that you already know, but it's good to remember, is we don't usually take much notice of our breath all of us breathe somewhere between 20 to 22,000 breaths a day and it I would say is a fairly common experience for many of us to go through days a whole day without once noticing our breath without there's 22,000 of them and they could all pass without our awareness so we would call this unconscious it's it's a a a body um function that's happening with no conscious awareness whatsoever and this is why the breath is so powerful because you can bring consciousness to it you can bring awareness to it and that is probably one of the greatest skills to learn in terms of yoga so yes we all get kind of enamored with the postures and the fancy things we see people go doing but far more powerful than that and far more useful than that and far more accessible than that is the potential to become conscious which means aware of your own breathing and Not only that, you then have the capacity, the potential to affect, to actually change how you breathe. And this has a tremendous impact on your body, your emotions and your mind. 
So it's like the breath in some ways is one of the most powerful tools of mental health and physical health. We all have it. We're given it. It's free. And yet it is largely overlooked. Uh, in the West, there is no great long history of breath work. Whereas that is the stunning, I guess to me, it is the, the secret gift of yoga is it is fundamentally about the breath and there is many many ways that we can affect and change our breath and it's open to anyone you don't need to be a particular age you don't need to be a particular size you don't need to have any physical attributes like flexibility or strength anybody someone sitting in a wheelchair someone who's 15 someone who's 80 and all in between that we can all take some control over our own breath and therefore have a positive impact on our own well-being and yet I think the challenge is it's kind of subtle so to even have the capacity to pay attention to even one breath can sometimes be more than a busy mind can deal with. In fact, I would, unless you're driving your car or something, don't do that. But if you're at home listening to this, I would invite you now, just stop whatever you're doing, close your eyes and see if your mind is able to be completely focused on just one, one inhale and one exhale. So some of you may have found that that was relatively easy. Others might have found, hmm, actually my mind scooted off or there was something in me that didn't want to do that. Because it does ask of you this, this willingness to introvert. And we spend most of our life with our senses going outward. And, you know, technology has made that an even sort of more regular thing. We're, we're on smartphones. Most of the time, someone, we are looking at things we're not used to just turning our senses inward and this isn't just about modern times I mean the yoga sutras were written thousands of years ago and the human mind the human system already what existed like that there's a tendency the nature of the senses is to pull our mind outward so breath work is the opposite it's asking you to do a, a complete turnaround and start noticing what's happening within. And for some people, um, that's going to be far easier than others. So, and how we breathe, just really briefly, because it does, it does help to know how we breathe, because often when people come to yoga or breath work, it can be challenging. A lot of pre people have a breath pattern that they can tell is not optimal you know so often when I'm teaching people will come up to me after class and say oh look, I can't breathe well like my inhale's not very good or you know, I've always struggled with shortness of breath or it's a really common thing and one of the things I think is some of us don't 
we don't kind of it's not in general chat about actually how's the, how does our breathing work and often people feel like they they have to suck air in which is not how it works so as best i can i'm going to give you a very brief um, explanation of of breathing so we all know mainly it's about lungs right and the lungs are housed in your rib cage and then there's that muscle a lot of people have heard of as well called the diaphragm which is a a sheet muscle so it's kind of thin i kind of think of it as like a parachute um or uh, yeah and it sits sort of nestles under your rib cage and it goes right from the front of the body right across the back so it actually divides your torso completely divides your torso in two so there's two self-contained cavities there and when you breathe in what you are doing is there's two major actions happening in the muscles. All the rib cage has so many muscles all around it. So you're using those intercostal muscles, you're activating them to expand the rib cage. And the rib cage is amazing. It can expand in all directions and it has amazing capacity to really open and expand. And as that's happening, that diaphragm muscle is moving down, it's contracting. And so it's sort of creating this vacuum is what happens. It creates a vacuum in the lungs. And so what that means is when the pressure is now becomes lower in the lungs because the volume's increased, what the air pressure does, it moves to the point where there's lower air pressure. So the air actually just comes in. You don't have to suck it in. So you do the work with your muscles and inhale, the breath just comes in. There's really no sucking required. The effort is in expanding and closing, expanding the rib cage and moving that diaphragm muscle down. And the other slightly interesting thing that happens is when that diaphragm muscle moves down, what it does do is it makes your abdomen bulge out slightly because it's moved down, it's pressed down into that abdominal cavity. So sort of below the belly button will if you allow it, it will kind of round out and get a bit plump and round by the end of a good inhale. So often there's con conflicting advice in, in the fitness industry, in yoga itself, about where do I inhale? And sometimes people are told to breathe into their belly. And this is what I have been taught for quite some time and it kind of you can feel yes but when I inhale yes my belly does get round but in this Krishnamacharya way of teaching breath that is not what we do what we are saying is that you want to inhale into your chest that's actually where your lungs are so you must inhale into the chest that's where you're going to get a full breath. That's where you're going to let your chest expand. And yes, by the end of the inhale, there's been enough expansion in your chest that yes, your belly, your abdomen will have rounded out. That's a consequence of breathing properly into your chest. And then to exhale, it starts from the abdomen. You slowly pull the abdominal muscles back towards the spine and that initiates the exhale 
So when I started to practice this and breathe like this in my yoga practice, it changed everything. It gave me access to a much, much deeper practice. And the asana itself started to make a lot more sense. So if you're listening to this and you've been breathing in another way, I would urge you just to try it, see what it's like. Or if you come to any of the classes I teach, that's definitely what we teach and what we do there. And the quality and the depth of the breath can really improve when we breathe like this. And the other thing that happens as a result of breathing like that is when you breathe into the chest, you know, that includes the whole rib cage around the back. And obviously your ribs are attached to your spine. So when you breathe into your chest like that, what is happening is the the spine straightens up near the top. The erector muscles, which are connected to the to the ribs, they they lengthen. And as particularly as we get older, but even now with people spending time on computers all day, most people the top of the spine, sort of up around the shoulders, is unnaturally beginning to collapse. Is a lot of kind of this rounded shouldered experience. So this breathing into the chest lengthens and opens the top of the spine, which is fundamental to yoga and good health. Like all yoga, the asana part of yoga is based around this, um, is based around your spine. The spine is seen as the core part of your practice from a kind of anatomical point of view it's the, the center of your body and we can all think of people that we we know in our lives who have got a good posture and they have energy and they're facing the world in a kind of upright engaged manner as opposed to people who've got really poor posture for whatever reason and there's just everything's collapsing and closing down and generally there's a lot of health issues over time that come with that collapse of posture so this breathing in this way gives access to that lengthening of the spine which is energizing to your whole system so that maybe wasn't such a short anatomy lesson but hopefully that helps you get some sense of if you're doing breath work even if it's not formally in a yoga class even if it's just sitting at home and you want to be conscious of your breathing how are you going to do that and it's where do I put the effort and the effort is into knowing that your rib cage is like other muscles you know we, we all kind of are aware of how to strengthen other muscles it's by consciously using them. So it's the same for your rib cage. You're not putting the effort into sucking air in. You'll just end up feeling like you're choking. You're putting your effort into trying to access as many muscles as you can in your own rib cage and feel like you're opening it. And a really good handy thing can be to put your hands um, in different parts of your rib cage. So often instinctively when we're asked to kind of breathe, put our hands on our chest, most, we'll put, most of us put them kind of on the front, near the top of the rib cage. And yes, there is movement there. And yes, your rib cage is meant to move and expand there. 
but there's actually more movement, there's more capacity for your rib cage to expand in the side. And so putting your hands on the sides of the ribs, and if you can reach, also putting the hands, usually you'll need to put the back of the hands on the back of your rib cage and just seeing what movement have you got there. Might be a little, and it might not be much at all. But over time, you can definitely learn to breathe deeper and smoother. So in, and it's kind of important to know that as well, like which one comes first? Am I going for depth of breath? Like do I want to take the most enormous breath I could take? Or do I want to try and smooth it out? So in the Yoga Sutras, they say very clearly that the first priority for your breath is to develop a quality of smoothness. So don't worry about how deep it is. Don't worry about how long it is. Just seeing if you can get the breath smooth is the first step and bringing your breath into a healthy, useful breathing pattern. Because in yoga, there is a strong link between the breath and the mind. Essentially, that's why so much emphasis is put on the breath, is because the breath and the mind are intimately linked. You just think for yourself, you know, when you're agitated, when you get a fright, when you're angry, your breath is disturbed. It can be short, it can be rough, it can be erratic. And when you're relaxed, when you're peaceful, your breath becomes smooth, it becomes quite subtle often. There is a direct link. And so if you've ever tried to meditate, your mind is a busy, slippery thing. The breath is a little more gross than the mind, so it's easier to influence the breath. So by influencing the breath, we influence the mind. So I haven't managed to cover as much as I wanted to on this. It's one of my favourite topics. So in some ways, I haven't even got to the part, and I'll do it next session, talking about how do we actually use that in the physical part of the practice. How do we practice yoga with the breath so that it's actually yoga, that it's not exercise? So I will do a whole session on that next time because it's kind of essential to know the difference that you can do yoga in a way that you're not really going to gain the full benefits if you're just doing it like it was exercise. Whereas if you link yourself to the breath in the correct way in your yoga practice, you will then be getting the deeper, fuller benefits of of the yoga. So I hope that was helpful and useful. And I also wanted just to mention that this, the use of the breath is what dominates the practice. And that's why I'm super excited. We are starting a class up next week on Mondays for people over 65. And for you to really understand that it's the breath is the most important part. So it doesn't matter if the body isn't as capable as it used to be. So the details of that class, are it's at New Yoga. So they have a website. I just work there. The website is NU Yoga. 
And if you click on, go to that website, it's got the details of that class and it's starting next week, but you don't have to necessarily turn up next week. You know, it's not a sign up on the first day. It's going to be an ongoing class for people over 65. And that's really where breathwork in particular is such an effective tool and you can gain so much peace of mind, um, energizing, and we can move into meditation and things as well with breath work. So thank you for listening this morning. You've been listening to Kate, Bindle, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.